Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. First point, you need to identify your consumer targeted insight. I'm sure this does not come as a surprise. (laughs) (laughs) And really, when you're talking about a marketing campaign, you need to determine whether or not you need more of the same of your consumer target or you need a different target. All right. Now, you need to still stay rooted in your brand story, but this is your opportunity to really kind of stretch beyond your core consumer and maybe even go to the fringes. But if you go to the fringes and you start stretching, make sure you're not alienating your existing consumer base. You don't want to get a leaky bucket and you don't want to kind of flip (laughs) your consumers here. That's not the intent of a marketing campaign. All right. And you want to identify your consumer by both demographics and psychographics. We talk about this a lot. You really want to resist these very generic classifications of age, gender, and income. I mean, those are important and you need to identify those, but it's not the only way you identify your consumer. You also need to identify by the psychographics, the characteristics, the passion points, the interests, the behaviors, the life stages. Be choiceful and intentional because this is really going to help you identify a very strong consumer insight that you're going to be able to uh, build your marketing campaign around. So then once you really understand your consumer, you want to identify your consumer insight. And there's really two parts to this, okay? There's attention or opportunity, and this is what is going to be the way in to your consumer. And it can be defined as something that's of angst or something that they're like really feeling angst around, or it could be something that they were saying, well, you know, if only what if, or this could be a really interesting way to play, right? So it could be either or, so that's part of your insight. Then you also have to figure out what the context is going to be. And this is what makes a marketing campaign unique, because they're always set in something that's like culturally going on, or a community-based moment in time. So something's going on that makes that moment very interesting for your consumer. And the opportunity is to connect the two together. And when you do this, you create relevancy, all right? This relevancy ultimately creates an emotional connection. And this emotional connection becomes the impact that you really hope to generate. So let me break this down into a couple of examples. And this, I think, will make a whole lot more sense. All right, so first, I mentioned a Thank You Mom campaign. That was one that I did when I was in uh, PNG. So let me talk about that one. So the insight there is every athlete has a mom. It's just a very simple insight, but that's the one that we based the Thank You Mom campaign around. Now, it's more opportunistic. There's not really a lot of angst there, right? But it's very opportunistic. We set that in the actual culture happenings of the Olympic Games, right? When we combine those two together and we're able to present this marketing campaign, we create this air of appreciation, That's the relevancy. That's the impact that we hope to generate. All right. Now, the consumer we were going after was a lot more of the same. I mean, we have moms and they're the primary shoppers, and that's the big target that P&G goes after. But we're hoping that in the context of delivering this message in this cultural opportunity, these moms are hearing us a little bit differently, and maybe we can attract them to more of our brands more often. And then actually, Thank You Mom became an anthem that was replayed for every games except for Tokyo, <laughs> um, since Vancouver 210. Okay, so um, that is one example. Well, and I just want to pause right there for a minute um, because 
one of the things about this Thank You Mom campaign that I think was so important is that while moms are a primary target for Procter & Gamble, they're not necessarily highlighted in the Olympic Games. And so while Mm -hmm. you heard Anne say that it was more of the same consumer, generally speaking, they were addressed and also really praised, quite frankly, for being the mothers to Olympic athletes because that should come as high praise, right? If you raise a child that becomes an Olympic athlete, that does put you in a certain spotlight where you should receive that recognition. So it was an opportunity for Procter & Gamble to connect on a deeper level with those existing consumers. Absolutely. And then a way for them to introduce the products that would facilitate the lives of these, these moms in their efforts of making their their kids these athletes. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about athletes and the Olympics. It's like any mom right. with any kid. So right. you can extrapolate that to being something broader. Yes. It's, that's just used as a way to celebrate moms in that specific moment in time. Yes. Another example, and this one um, came from us from uh, our, our friend Sam Bear, who was on our podcast several months ago, but she um, works for the Carolina Panthers and Charlotte FC. And she mentioned to us um, Morris Jenkins, who is a big HVAC company in Charlotte. And uh, this <laughs> they become a little bit of a celebrity there for the way that they do their marketing campaigns. And their marketing campaign is called Gently, and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. But let me set this up in, in the framework so you can kind of understand how this works on a smaller scale. So here the tension is that people ignore generally the care of their AC units, right? So when the seasons come, they'll turn it on and it. Oh, they hope it fires up and <laughs> they hope there's nothing wrong. Um, but sometimes that doesn't go so well. So then there's this angst and this tension of like, oh, it's hot out and I want to use my AC unit and it's not working. The cultural moment or the community moment is a change of seasons, right? So that's what's kind of going on in the environment that causes this angst to really, really percolate, right? So what Morris Jenkins does is like he, they can take that insight and they took that time of year and put it together into a marketing campaign. Like I said, it's called Gently. And what they're able to evoke is this relevancy element and then this emotional impact of dependability and care, that they want you to care for their AC units. They're there to help you take care of your AC units. So it's reliable, it's dependable, and it's going to fire up when you want it. Now, their whole advertising campaign, and I really urge you guys to go Google this because it's actually quite quite well done and, and, and very funny. It took on a whole life of its own. I mean, their commercial has a million views on YouTube. Okay, you guys. So this is um, something that they've done very, very well. But it's very, actually very polarizing. We're going to get to that a little bit later in, in one of our In the Trenches questions. But it's definitely become part of their brand story and identity. And it creates a significant differentiating factor. But again, it's about getting to more of that consumer, more of the same consumer. But, and that consumer happens to be somebody who's very conscientious about their house, probably also very conscientious about spending money and investing money in things that you know, are, are kind of like the, the must-have, not necessarily the wants, you know. So, um, again, an opportunity to appeal to them in a slightly different way in, in order to get their attention, but going after more of the same consumer. Yes, and I just want to emphasize the point, you know, Anne just talked about brand as part of this too. So we've broken this down really specifically 
into consumer insight and then plus that tension or opportunity. But we hope it goes without saying after listening to us <laughs> for so long that it has to be relevant to your brand. You can't just pick something out of left field that has nothing to do with either what you do, what you provide, what you stand for, all those things that we talk about as it relates to brand. That's really always a foundational element. And we've talked about that a lot in previous episodes. So I'm not going to belabor the point, but just want to make sure that everyone heard that, that you know, it's become part of their brand story and identity, but that's because it was built from the foundation of their brand to begin with. Yep. Very good point. All right. Our next element of creating a marketing campaign to stimulate business growth is develop your slogan and call to action. Turn this one over to April. Yes. So your slogan is that common thread that unites your campaign overall. And this is one of those things that I just mentioned, actually set myself up quite nicely, that the brand is the (laughs) thing that exists and lives and is the foundation for everything you do over time. Your slogan is typically a temporary rallying cry. However, with that said... There can be instances where it becomes ubiquitous with your brand and even your tagline. So Mm -hmm. Nike's Just Do It is an example of that. It started out as a campaign element, but it went so well and it struck a chord that hadn't been hit before that it became their tagline that they still use today. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Other slogans, uh, we've talked about Athleta before and the power of she. Um, That one is all around, you know, promoting female athleticism and giving them the materials that they need as women in order to be the best within whatever career, sport, et cetera, they're doing. Um, Morris Jenkins, we just said, is gently. So we'll talk about that again later, as Anne said. And then one of the clients we actually worked on is Phi Sigma Rho, which is an engineering sorority. And their slogan for recruitment is re-engineering sorority life. So these really become the drumbeat or the theme or the underlying message that inspires all the creative and execution. And a lot of times, too, now in this digital world that we are in, it becomes the hashtag of your campaign. Then, along with the slogan, we can't forget that call to action. This is another thing you hear us talk about all the time, but if you don't ask people to do something, they likely will not do anything because they won't know what to do. So let the customers or clients, whoever's receiving the message, that target audience, know what you want them to do. Sometimes you might combine this with a promo. So Morris Jenkins asks you to schedule your spring tune-up as part of theirs. And in that case, they could have included a promo to encourage you if you call immediately, let's say you get 10% off if you schedule by the end of March. So we've talked before about offering a promo and having it be time bound. That checks the box on both of those. But you also may just be encouraging things like shares or comments or user-generated content on social media to really continue the conversation. I mean, Anne talked about that 1 million views on the Morris Jenkins video. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we're talking about where things go viral and the community really gets involved and gets excited and really wants to participate. In any case, whatever it is, it needs to tie back to the business objective for running the campaign. And we'll talk more about that in a little bit. This was just really meant to emphasize that you need both a slogan and then a call to action coming out of your marketing campaign. And I think it's really important as you're thinking about your slogan, because we get a ton of questions here, that you, you, you maintain simplicity in the message. So sometimes you know, you have an urge to be like overly creative or you want to make it really long or you want to be really clever with it 
The ones that we gave you are very simple. They're very direct. And when people see them, it means something. Mm -hmm. And then it engages them to want to know more. All right. So think about your slogan from that standpoint in that it's supposed to be something very simple. It's supposed to be something very clear. It's supposed to engage uh, folks, but it doesn't necessarily need to do all the work of everything you want the campaign to be. But it should be, like we talked about um, and April mentioned, that rallying cry. Mm -hmm. So think about it in that context. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.